0: you I'm Ann Police. And I'm Denise Cooper. And you're listening to Two, Two Average, Average Girls. Girls. Happy Tag Tuesday. Hello. How are you? So, so good.
1: <laughs> I need to think of something better to say. And we
0: need to like tighten up our introduction. I don't know. I always say the same thing, I feel like,
1: but I'm good. But I you're always am, good. I know. I know. This is actually a Tuesday too. And it's been, you know, it's not Monday. So no. that's always good. We and, made it through um, Monday. Yeah. Good. All good stuff. I th- And I'm pretty excited about our podcast today.
0: I am so excited. It's we've, long overdue. It's long we've been talking about doing this this true crime story <laughs> that I am absolutely obsessed with for a long time. We've been wanting to do it for a while now but the circumstances in my case have changed oh you know as we've sort of been going along so we just sort of kept putting it off. Well well we actually started to try to do one. We did. And
1: you and I listen to so many true crime podcasts. Yeah. And we watch so much true crime. Right. That I could not bear as we were doing it we were like this really sucks like we cannot we we just couldn't tighten it up enough to make sense of it and to make it sound really good because we've talked about this true crime is its own thing like you have to really be good at it
0: there's so many podcasts that are good who do the research who have the facts and figures and all And they know how to condense it and tell the story. That was part of the problem. This this that we're doing today is two stories in one. It which might is, be three. It might be three stories in one. Because Denise is also obsessed with a true crime story mm-hmm. called, we're just going to refer to it as Victim F at this point. And I, of course, am obsessed with the Sherry Papini story. Yes. Um, so those two stories are actually really similar, yet at the same time, kind of opposite.
1: They are the opposite. They are the sure.
0: opposite. But in trying to tell both stories, we don't have enough time in one podcast. No. We don't have three weeks. No.
1: and And when we first started this journey, which was literally like, Eight or nine months ago, like before we even really got went on air live, we talked about both these stories. Yeah, we did. But like you said, since this has all taken place, we are now telling the story really because of your story. Mm-hmm. The Papini story mm-hmm. has really taken a turn. It's, got, it's gotten a, um, almost a conclusion. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, you were Right. I was right. I don't, I mean, before, I'm always the one that's kind of like, well, what if, and we don't want to, you know, falsely accuse. Mm -hmm. And she
0: usually has a very strong opinion, like, nope, she's guilty. Nope, she's guilty. I got to tell you something. You know, when you're at an event or whatever, a little get together and people are like, tell us something about yourself. Tell us one of your (laughs) hidden talents. I never tell this as my hidden talent, but now I'm going to tell you guys. Okay. My hidden talent. I don't even know this. My gift is that in regards to news stories, yes, I know whether the person is telling the truth. Really? Or not. Years ago, 94, maybe 93, I was in a newsroom, my first job at an NBC affiliate in Northern California, and the story came through of the woman who claimed that two African American men... Uh, carjacked her and her three children the three children were strapped in their car seats they pulled her out of the car and drove the car into a lake with those three babies in there and the kids died and I immediately went she's lying and everyone in the newsroom just went (gasps) "What?" I mean everyone what just kind of turned on me and I was like that 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 never happened that's not how it happened. Yes, the kids are dead. Yeah, mom's alive. But there were no two African-American men who carjacked her. And sure enough, really? as the weeks went on, we find out that, of course, she was lying. And the same thing with this Papini story. And uh, we'll get to that in a minute. But So you don't have a psychic ability. It's not psychic ability, but it's just... It's the a power of discernment. Unfortunately, it is, but it's not in situations that are really helpful. <laughs>
1: well, I don't know. I
0: mean, it's it could be. It's a news story. It's like, she's clearly lying or whatever. I always tend to give people, I, I'm i a little
1: cynical in some ways, but most of the time I'm like, I put myself in, mm-hmm. that's the thing about true crime. Mm-hmm. No matter when I'm watching, what I'm watching, you know, Dateline, yeah. Secrets Uncovered, yeah. on the Oprah Network, it doesn't matter, mm-hmm. Snatched snapped whatever it is that I'm watching there's all kinds of Uh, snatched and snapped I watch it all Uh you know I I dabble in all of (laughs) them and um but whenever I'm watching I'm always thinking if I'm the victim okay would I ever be walking down that street late at night Mm -hmm. would I have gotten in the car with that guy would I ever be in a relationship with that person or Mm -hmm. then I sometimes put myself in the person who's being accused yeah because again the last thing you want is to accuse somebody who's not guilty right and you see these i can't stand watching these shows where there's no ending but you see a lot of times where the guy is still claiming and there is good there's a good chance that he isn't
0: he's not guilty
1: he's not or she's not guilty and you're thinking if they're not guilty here we are
0: what would be worse than being accused and convicted of a
1: crime you didn't commit especially if you were in love with Person like you're the husband of a woman who has been killed, you know, randomly or was targeted, and now you're the one to blame. I Mm -hmm. mean, this whole thing is so maddening and so that would be so terrible. It's upsetting. It would be so upsetting. So neither none of these cases are those things (laughs) because now we actually have closure to both. Well, somewhat closure to one to mine for sure. Yeah, but to yours, not. But. I got super excited because I was on my way to work today, and I was listening to talk radio, and they referred to this story as the Denise Huskin Huskin's story.
0: Wait, Denise Huskins.
1: Denise Huskins Who is, is my Gone Girl. And we're going to talk about the Gone Girl case. Mm -hmm. Not the movie, The Gone Girl. With Ben Affleck? Not him. We're not talking about that? Well, we'll we'll get into that in just a (laughs) second. But this basically, well, let's
0: talk about the Gone Girl case. Okay. Just the the movie? The movie. Okay. The movie came out in 2014. Mm -hmm. Starring Ben Affleck and uh, I think it's Rosamund Pike. Yep. Right? She's very distinctive looking. There's also Tyler Perry, isn't it? Which is always a good time. Anyway, it's a a movie by David Fincher. And I know that because I'm a big David Fincher fan. He does a lot of suspense. indispensable sort of crime stories um zodiac is david fincher mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the movie seven with brad pitt oh yeah have you ever seen that no
1: but i've heard it it's too it's too much for me
0: i've watched it for you i've watched it so many times really? that i've seen it on your behalf really oh i it's permanently on my ipad if i'm on a plane or you know whatever or someplace I just
1: heard it's too dark
0: oh it's dark but it's a david fincher classic it's sure. really great so i'm not have to watch it, he's yes. terrific anyway this gone girl was was um by him, and it tells the story of a woman who disappears. So it's Rosamund Pike's um character. She disappears. The husband, of course, Ben Affleck, isn't acting right during her mm-hmm, disappearance. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, he's not crying enough. Oh, he's crying too much. Oh, he's smiling. You right. know all of the stuff. So immediately he is suspected in her disappearance. But of course, there's a twist. If you haven't seen the movie and you don't want it spoiled, I'm going to spoil it for you right now. So turn it off. <laughs> turn off the. Turn down the volume right now. She set up her own kidnapping. Right. So it's called Gone Girl. She was gone, but she was the one who was responsible for her gone-ness. Right. So that's what this is. Both of our stories are sort of based on that concept. My story today is was coined the Gone Girl.
1: And it was coined that because that movie was so... If anybody... If you haven't seen it, go watch it. Even though you know the ending, it's very suspenseful. And it's very frustrating because <laughs> if you are in that position to be basically... Uh, conned. Mm-hmm. Everyone was conned in that. And if you were the victim of that, how frustrating to be accused yeah. of something you did not do. It's a Unbelievable. nightmare. Believable. No, That's a nightmare. So let's just fast forward to 2015. Okay, so this is the year after the movie came out, which is weird. Exactly. And so I think this is why it's all on everybody's mind. Okay. Um, unfortunately, uh, I would say the whole reason for this really this debacle mm. is all because of bad police work there's no there's no getting around that it mm. is extremely and that's one of the reasons i bought the book victim f mm-hmm. is because after i saw i had been i've been hearing about this story when it first happened and i have to admit myself listening to the media all i thought of was this woman is pulling a fast one mm-hmm. on all the police and all of the vallejo area people mm-hmm. and they're taking resources and time away from yeah people who really need help right what why would you do that for and, and we all know that people do weird things for a little bit of fame for attention and yeah mm-hmm. and attention so mm-hmm. i'm thinking wow well then you watch the 2020 on it and then you start listening to all of the you start doing a deeper dive and you realize this is bad mm-hmm. this was not good so denise huskins and her boyfriend aaron quinn are in a relationship but just in a nutshell she's over at his house spending the night um and there is a break-in and she is kidnapped okay that would be weird enough because why are they taking one person
0: oh they left him She left him
1: but when they left him they drugged him Mm. they tie him up They set up a fake perimeter around the house that they say that, well, first of all, they know a lot about him. They know so much about him that they are able to call him by name. They know how to get in and out of his house. They know they ask him for information on his computer. So they get into his, his, um, for money. They're thinking that they're kidnapping Denise Huskins and they're going to ask for ransom. But When he wakes up, when Aaron wakes up to tell the police about this, the story sounds so unbelievable because the men who came to kidnap her and to to subdue him and leave him there are all dressed in wetsuits. They put goggles on his eyes. They put goggles on her. They do all of these things. And it sounds so
0: unbelievable. It's like a it's like a movie. It is like a movie. So they're in what, like a, like I'm going diving? Yes. Wetsuit. Okay. How well, many men are there? There's like three or four or five men. There's, there's, oh, there's multiple, but
1: they never see any of them. Okay. They're be, they wake up in the middle of the night, like three in the morning. Mm. And they don't know, they're, you know, if someone's waking That's, up yeah. and they've had the ability to change their voices. So they're using some sort of voice oh, changing come thing. come on. It's like out of the movies, this cannot be happening. Right. And yet it did okay okay so it goes through this whole thing she's kidnapped and i believe three days later she's found in her child she's in vallejo california which is in northern california Mm -hmm. they find her in huntington beach california
0: okay so that's easily eight hours south of and she's been
1: now kidnapped or gone for three days and when they find her she walks to a her mother's house she's She's in the
0: neighborhood of her Family home? Yes. They
1: drop her off in her neighborhood family home.
0: Okay, so they knew her well enough to know that this is where she belonged originally.
1: Well, she ends up telling them, I believe, where she oh, lived. She okay. And that's how they did it. Because okay. what we find out through all of this, this convoluted story, is that she was mistaken for somebody else. No. Yes. No.
0: Like Aaron, a previous girl for yes, wife?
1: Yes, who looks very similar to Denise. And these people who had been surveilling the house for weeks and weeks and weeks, what you don't know is that Denise and Aaron were in a relationship, but Aaron was stuck on the old girlfriend. Oh, no. I wasn't sure if they were going to, to be able, he was going to be able to leave.
0: The old girlfriend. The old
1: girlfriend for Denise. So Denise said, I'm out. You figure your crap out. Yeah. And we'll, we'll talk later. Well, she was coming over because Aaron had done his deep, dive into who he was as a person yeah. and decided she was a good she was good for him and she she loved he loved her
0: okay so, so they're back
1: together well that night is why she came over there to discuss it over beer oh. and pizza and they end up reconciling and she spends the night there okay. first time she's been back in weeks
0: but the old girlfriend has maybe been in and out yes a little bit.
1: yes Aaron and the old girlfriend had been in a relationship while they were in a relationship the old girlfriend had a a relationship mm. cheated on him with a cop. Okay. An FBI agent, cop, I believe. Uh, great choice. Out of uh, uh, so he was in law enforcement. Even though the story was crazy, she went to the police. And the reason that it got my hairs going up <laughs> the back of my neck is because when she was found, she starts reporting all of this to the police in Huntington Beach. Well, they're in com- they're in communication with the people in Vallejo. Mm-hmm In the meantime, Aaron has already gone to the police, even though he was told not to go to the police or they would kill her. He went to the police because his FBI brother uh told him to go to the police. You have to go to the police. And when they did that, they did not believe him. This is the Vallejo police didn't believe him. They didn't believe anything about him. They interrogate him for hours and hours and hours. They do an investigation of very shoddy and really bad investigation of the house they don't do any fingerprinting they don't do anything they see beer bottles there and pizza and they think he had a party and he was under the influence so he might have killed her in the middle of all of this dumped her body and so they don't do any more investigating because he did it no they figure he did it as a matter of fact they call her parents to let them know that Aaron has killed them and they're looking for her body
0: was the mom home when she went knocking on the door? In no, Hunting the beach? mom was in Vallejo because the daughter's supposed to be And the mom and dad had. are both divorced. Okay. And, but they both came
1: together. Mm-hmm. They both live in Southern California. Mm-hmm. And so she went to a neighbor's house and then who, who knew her. And that's when the police came from Huntington beach. It is that's the nuts. most unbelievable story you've ever heard. She was accused of probably one of the most horrific things you can do which is faking your own kidnapping for some kind of personal gain right I mean that's just if you do that you have something wrong mentally wrong with you sure and what was the gain here there was no gain for either one of them they were saying the gain was for her to get notoriety okay her personality is very low-key is it she is not a, she is not that person You start looking at it. It is bad. But one of the things that really struck me is because this is a beautiful blonde haired white woman Uh and a middle class professional, super smart, all of these things. If this can happen to a well educated, she doesn't have any money. Her parents had to like take a loan out on their house to get her um, legal help because she had to get a top notch lawyer because she was going to go to jail. They were railroading her to put her in jail so when you, we started talking about i started telling you about the victim f situation you had not heard about Mm-mm. it you did not have an opinion on whether it, denise huskins nope. you didn't have your spidey senses my special on gift this. your special gift no. did not even it didn't hit your radar Mm-mm. i told you about this the first time and that's when you told me about your story
0: my sherry papini story
1: right and i thought well papini's got to be She's has girl. She no. I thought Papini was Denise Huskins. Here we go oh. again. Somebody is going to wrongly accuse this girl. She's a victim, right. and she's being now victimized a second time by law enforcement and society mm-hmm. because she's a victim.
0: How dare we? Right, <laughs> right. Before before we move on from your Denise Huskins story, I need to ask you a question that I don't know that you have the answer to. Did she and her husband uh, boyfriend? Did mm-hmm. they? sue anybody yes did they, they win them. yes they
1: did okay and there was for an undisclosed amount okay she also wrote the book mm-hmm. really all she was looking for immediately was an apology and yeah. they refused to admit they did anything wrong the Vallejo no. Police Department
0: oh no. that's why she
1: sued him she was not trying to get money out of this but she was they eventually sued them because they would not
0: apologize and admit any wrongdoing which means then that there's no published retraction of we blew it, blah, blah, blah. So she will always be guilty because no one has ever followed up with the story of, but the cops blew I could blew be it. wrong about that
1: because I didn't do a deep enough dive to see at today, you mm-hmm. know, even five or six years later, what ended up happening. I do know that there was an apology. Survivors of the Vallejo Gone Girl case respond after police apologize for calling them liars. Six years later. Six years, okay. It just keeps. There going. is there is a, a little bit of a silver lining. Mm-hmm. Just fast forward many years later, so over six years later, they have been married and they have a
0: child. Oh, they did get yes, married. Yes, they got
1: married and had a child. And Denise Huskins wrote this book, which I think is well worth reading. Yeah, it's an easy, fast read. Listening to it on an audio tape is also good. It's good listening. You will, you will not believe how how bad this was. <laughs> I. how
0: much it gets messed up so I'm assuming Papini is similar to this your story happened in 2015 the story I'm talking about happened in 2016 so Gone Girl
1: came out in 14 14
0: Denise Huskins 15 15, me Papini uh November of 2016 now you are talking about in your story how mm -hmm. the police bungled it to a point that Mm -hmm. it was you know it turned out very badly I think because of that, I know for a fact, because of your case, because I have seen the name Denise Huskins Mm -hmm. in my research on the Papini case, this is a story from Northern California as well. Vallejo is south of Redding by probably five, six hours. Mm -hmm. Vallejo is actually Bay Area. Right. uh, Whereas Redding is further north. Um, But because of the reaction to the Vallejo Police Department, how they handled it, Shasta County Sheriff's Department were on edge with a situation that was much like a gone girl situation right. and they had to handle it correctly because they didn't want to handle it like the vallejo cops right. did so so uh, somebody learned something from that well it didn't work out all that great on Ooh. my end either on this story either oh, i gotta you know okay so you know i'm from reading you know right. i'm from northern california grew up there i know the area i was there with my family for thanksgiving in 2016. um the day before thanksgiving You know, we're just running around town picking up a few last minute items for dinner where we saw these signs posted. And when I say everywhere, I mean everywhere. Let me show Denise the sign. And we'll post this. We will post this. That. Oh, yeah. Okay. So it's a missing sign. I remember seeing that. Yeah. It's a missing sign. It says missing Sherry Papini. And then there's a picture of a smiling blonde woman. There's a phone number. Beautiful girl. Yeah. Lots of information. It wasn't just like on people's lawns. We had gone into a random liquor store south of town to get... I don't even remember what it was, but we had to go to this specific place. And when we walked in, that that poster was made into flyers and it was papered all over the front door. So you couldn't even get into the front door without seeing this. And I'm like, what is going on? So we get back to my parents' house and I asked everybody what's who's the missing lady my sister-in-law my brother both my parents were like oh yeah this is like the biggest story right now she was kidnapped Mm. i mean it's front page blah blah blah. and i'm like oh okay well tell me everything well she was off jogging out on old oregon trail an area that i know Mm -hmm. and she was she was taken she was kidnapped Okay, so then, of course, I have to do the research. So let's just start with a little timeline so that in case people don't know what the Sherry Papini story is, let's just start from the beginning. So November 2nd of 2016, her husband, Keith Papini, comes home to they lived in an area called Mountain Gate. It's sort of this unincorporated area outside of Reading. Um, His kids aren't there. The kids have not been picked up from daycare. So he uses the find my phone app to track out to track where her phone is, which is less than a mile from their home on Old Oregon Trail. So he goes to where the phone is and he finds the phone neatly placed in the weeds off of the off of the um, the road. and her earbuds were wrapped around the phone with a couple of strands of her blonde hair. It was ripped out of her head allegedly. Right. Sure. I would think that. They thought that. I guess they did because that's what they came up with. So he immediately calls the Shasta County Sheriff's Department and reports her as missing under suspicious circumstances. So the cops arrived, they canvass the area, they talked to some witnesses, a couple of people had seen her somewhere around 11 a.m. running in her pink running suit and that was sort of it. She just... Poof, disappeared. So search and rescue teams get started the next day. They start combing the area, and they even start an aerial search. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're putting all of their efforts into finding this woman. Sherry Papini's sister says that she has a press conference, or she gives a statement to the press and says, we believe she's been abducted. Sure. So now it's on like Donkey Kong.
1: I do want to say this. I watched a little something on Papini recently, mm-hmm. and they also talked about another kidnapping that had taken place on Old Oregon Trail correct. with a phone that had been found. Mm-hmm. It was very similar. So mm-hmm. they thought maybe this was a serial situation.
0: That kidnapping, though, happened many years before, decades that. previous. Right. The young girl who had been kidnapped was, was never found. Never found, but she was also a classmate of Sherry Bapini. They went to the same school. Interesting. Yeah, well, unfortunately, yes. And she's she's never been found, and her her lovely parents just continue to just be gunning for justice because they they know who did it. They know. They do. Oh, they absolutely know. Oh, we'll have to talk about that. Yeah, we'll talk about that another time. So anyway, they start getting these um, rewards start popping up. $10,000 here, $40,000 here. Everybody's putting their money together. There ends up being a $50,000 reward for anyone who can come up with information about her. And they start peppering national news as well as social media with the information. Um, Sheriff's Lieutenant Anthony Bertain announced that Keith Papini, the husband, was not a person of interest in the case because he... Uh, volunteered to take a lie detector test and passed. And there was no physical evidence that linked him to her disappearance. He was at work. He worked at the Best Buy, not far from there.
1: I believe that Denise Huskins' uh, boyfriend at the Mm -hmm. time, which is now her husband, Aaron, he also took a lie detector test. Oh, he did? And they said he didn't pass, but he did. I think that it was, I think it was, there was, when all was said and done, they did not tell the truth.
0: They The people administering it or the law enforcement organization said, oh, sorry, Erin. They told him.
1: Yeah. They told him he didn't
0: pass. No. But he had. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. It gets bad. So uh, a week or so later, the family hires a private investigator. They start releasing balloons and having, you know, these uh, vigils. vigils. Oh, the whole nine yards. Yep so you but, would i if i go oh, missing
1: can you do that for me please i absolutely i want you will. to find
0: me if you go missing i will be the one who kidnapped
1: you no one is going to kidnap me i swear <laughs> if i get kidnapped they'll be like why do we take her like she is a lot of work like literally i'd be like oh
0: you chose the wrong chick <laughs> we found her on the side of the road bound and she'd only been gone 20 minutes <laughs> we were like
1: she will not shut up <laughs> we don't
0: know what happened <laughs> Uh, So here's where it starts to get weird, as it always does. I know. Okay, so about two weeks into this, uh, November 17th, an anonymous person sets up a website called SherryPapini.com to offer an undisclosed ransom for her immediate release. Setting a deadline of 5 a.m. on Wednesday the 23rd, the letter provides instructions, quote, to the person who has Sherry Papini, and the name Cameron Gamble as a middleman is on this website. Hmm. He's the name that comes up and he describes himself as a kidnap and ransom consultant. Oh. He's also connected to the Bethel Church, which is... I uh, don't know how to say this properly. Oh, it's, please to say it the way you would if we were not on air. If we weren't on air, I'd just hardcore call this thing a cult. Okay. But there is a church... They have so many members, though. I'm not sure we can... I don't know if that defines a cult or not. They have moved into Reading in a big way. They bought the Reading Convention Center, which is a fairly large thing, and they use it for um, not only services, but they rent it out. It's a, mm. it's an income stream for them. They um, will buy a business. They'll buy a bakery, let's just say, and then they'll have some of their Bethel Church members start running the bakery. Mm. Okay, If someone, say, is a, a dry cleaner and, say, they live in Orange County and they have a dry cleaning business, if they become a member of the Bethel Church, Bethel Church will say, "You come up here to Redding. You sell that business down there in Orange oh. County. You come up here to Redding. We will match you dollar for dollar hmm. and start you in a new dry cleaning place." So they got money. They got money, and now they've got you because they've invested in your business. You're not going anywhere. That's oh. where it gets a little culty. Yeah. That and the fact that um, not this isn't just a one-time thing. I've had a number of people tell me, but tell me kind of the same story. My sister-in-law, Jennifer, was at Target one evening after work just trying to live her life. (laughs) As we do at Target. (laughs) This is Target. These two um, youngish women, I mean, old enough to know better, but fairly young, like early 20s, approach her she had seen them she mm-hmm. had clocked them that's they kind of Do stood they dress up funny? they don't dress funny but they have a specific sort of look that i can't they're describe. not like you know wearing they don't look like sister wives okay nothing like that no, no no they they fit in but there's something kind of not right so she'd seen these two girls earlier and they were sort of in her general area they come up to her in an aisle and say hi and they just start a conversation with her and they tell her that they. They could tell that maybe she was going through something.
1: Hmm.
0: Was we, she? No, <laughs> but at the minute someone confronts you with that, you're like, wait, maybe I am going through something. You know, like you. <laughs> How did <do>
1: they know? Because <laughs> everyone's going through something sometime. Well, and especially
0: if you're at Target after work, you might be going through a little something. Maybe I usually
1: go to Target so I can like.
0: A little retail therapy. Exactly. Yeah. You're trying to work Unwind. it out. Yeah. So they crossed the line when they said, we, we would like to pray over you. Ooh. Do you mind if we lay hands on you and, and pray over you? And she said, absolutely, I mind. Back off. <laughs> and one of them actually touched her. Was like, no, we're doing this anyway. What? Yeah. Like, we know what's best for you. And I may be getting this part of the story wrong, but I believe she took her purse and just left her cart there and walked over to the manager and told them what was happening and they were like oh they're back Ooh. like this is a complaint that happens all the time like
1: they the stock target for victims Mm -hmm. of they what was the what's the end game they just want to pray over people i think think they're they're going to kidnap
0: them i think they're doing a recruiting thing like if you do that enough it's kind of ted bundy style if you approach enough people (laughs) eventually you're going to find someone that wants to come help you with your boat and your (laughs) your volkswagen bug you know they're going to believe your arm's broken so i think if (laughs) if you approach 25 people you might have one who's going through something
1: and you want to bless them and you're going to say okay and mostly women are nice so they don't want to hurt your feelings exactly and especially if you're a young girl and you look innocent you're yep. just gonna go okay sounds I, if great. someone approaches approach me i might say okay
0: you might kind of depends on what you're going through because i'm just like yeah okay if, if somebody wants to pr- lay hands on me maybe that'll help me out <laughs> i don't know i can't it can't hurt jennifer is wiser than that <laughs> she's smarter than the average bear she's like get off right now. So this guy is in some way associated with Bethel. So mm-hmm. immediately worse. I am seeing that while I'm in writing. I'm seeing this weird guy mm-hmm. who's acting as a as a as a a ransom sort of go-between. I'm a kidnapped ransom. A, a, a consultant. ransom go-between
1: would normally be law enforcement, in my opinion, right? That's what
0: makes him so suspicious. It's like, right. who are you? Where'd you come from? Keith Papini claims he doesn't know him. He never hired him. He just came out of nowhere. Just doing it at the goodness of his heart. Sure, he's so great. Anyway, this, so this immediately casts suspicion. When I heard that part of the story, I'm like, oh, something's up, right? So around November 20th, Sheriff's Department confirms that they have served and gotten over 20 search warrants and received 400 tips about where Sherry Papini is and where she's gone.
1: What do you mean search warrants? For what?
0: Well, I will tell you they the none of those search warrants went anywhere but let's let me tell you where the search warrants sort of happened i'm sure they were for not only her home her parents home they have her phone Mm -hmm. so they can do a deep dive into that phone and figure out who she's been talking to they can get on her social media and figure out who she's been connecting with we'll get to that in just a minute let's fast forward to november 23rd which is thanksgiving day okay so she's been gone for 21 days all right so um this is oh damn it let's try that again so let's fast forward to november 24th she's been gone since november 2nd so now it's been 22 days all right the morning of november 24th which is thanksgiving 2016 at 4 30 sherry papini is spotted by a by a motorist on i-5 near woodland Mm. okay woodland is just outside of sacramento it's um about two and a half hours south of reading okay which is where she's from so she's there she's she been is. Tra-
1: she's been transported she's gone and somebody kidnapped her and took her down south
0: yep there she is so she was found by a passerby who saw her pulled over it's four thirty in the morning Ooh. um it was a woman who pulled over and helped her which bless her heart because I don't know that I'd do that I would not I don't think I would. Think not, I, would. For sure. uh-uh. I would call the police. I probably would. And let would. them come out. And I'd even kind of stick by so I could make sure she got help. But I wouldn't be me. She she helped her out. She stopped. She called the police. There is um, audio of the 911 call um, when she was found. And the description was that she was chained to something mm. and, quote, heavily battered. Ooh. All right. So Keith Papini issues a statement saying that his wife had been branded she was covered in bruises from repeated beatings, and she was starved down to about 87 pounds. Wow. She um, had what he called her signature long blonde hair, mm-hmm. which had been chopped off. Ooh. And she had been thrown from the vehicle that she was traveling on with the chain around her waist, and it was attached to her wrist, and there was a bag over her head. Immediately, Shasta County Sheriff Tom Basanko had a press conference to discuss where she's been what she's been doing because you can imagine that the people in that area where she lived were out of their minds concerned someone's kidnapping people and just taking them off the streets like I can't go for a jog anymore Right. right they had nothing to go on right so of course the sheriff has to get on the television and give a press conference about the whole thing. The first thing they did of course was try to question her try and get as much information out of her that they could so that then they could apprehend the suspects that had taken her. So he has a press conference, the sheriff does, and he elaborates on the description of the suspects and reveals that they branded a message into Pepini's skin. He wouldn't say what the message was. It was on her shoulder and it was just a message that she had been branded with. Okay? So he says... This is his description via Sherry Papini. There were two kidnappers, two Hispanic women. One was young with long curly hair, thin eyebrows, pierced ears, and a thick Spanish accent. The other was older with straight black hair. It was gray in some parts with thick eyebrows. Basenko says that he does not have any specific information to know if the case was related to a cartel or to human trafficking. That was in his press conference. So
1: they kidnapped her for human trafficking.
0: He can't say that he knows it was related. He's just saying, I'm just putting it out there.
1: That makes sense. I remember hearing this part of the story. I remember the Papini thing. I remember they're alluding to that she was kidnapped for human trafficking, possibly. Mm -hmm. Which would make sense. She's a beautiful woman.
0: She's a... 30 something year old woman with two kids
1: maybe I don't know
0: I don't know that much about human trafficking but I I feel like it's for for the younger younger gals I don't know what do I know the thing about the signature long blonde hair that they continued to say Mm -hmm. there were a couple of those types of phrases that they kept throwing out there Mm -hmm. that was one of them the other one was that she was a super mom
1: Oh, super mom. Yeah. She was a
0: super mom. I don't know what a super mom is, but her kids were in daycare until six o'clock, and she didn't have a job. Oh, no, no judgment, but kind, <laughs> but kind of a judgment. But, I mean,
1: but if you want to, if you
0: want to, you sound a little judgy. I'm maybe I am being a little judgy because <laughs> if you're a super mom, why are the kids in daycare until six p.m. five days a week, and you you're not working? <laughs> that doesn't that sounds like a great. That doesn't sound like super mom. That sounds like super me. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. Um, backing up just a little bit about Ms. Pepini... She's got a little bit of an interesting past. If you do a deep dive into Reddit, which I usually normally do. Oh, my goodness. It's so entertaining. You really like that. Well, the problem with Reddit is the good news and the bad news is that people can just sort of post anything. There's no real fact checking, but you get some interesting stuff on there. And some of it you can sort of piece together as truth. And some of it you just discard and go, please give me a break with this. But um, she has an interesting past. Growing up, she was an interesting person. She was born and raised in Reading she went to school there as i said she was a schoolmate of the young lady who was kidnapped and subsequently has never been found um she was known as being a bit of a drama queen by classmates through through high school i mean which a lot of girls are who of us had had something called a drama queen calls obtained by the sacramento Bee revealed that sherry papini in 2003 had been harming herself and blaming her mother for the injuries That's no bueno. That's no bueno. Police were called. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So there's... In 2003, her mother, Loretta, uh, filed an incident report with Shasta County Sheriff's Office. Uh, She called them out to ask for help with her daughter, who she said had been hurting herself and then blaming the injuries on her. And the Sacramento Bee was able to get the report um after it was filed um it doesn't say whether or not investigators found evidence that papini had harmed herself or if she had been harmed by her mother they just sort of calmed everybody down and left the scene so it's uh, you know it's a little bit of an interesting situation over there at the house who knows what was really going on only they know you asked about the search warrants Mm -hmm. okay here's an interesting one as of october of 2017 which was the next year Detectives still did not know who abducted Sherry Papini or why, but they do know that she was texting a man in Detroit. And they also know that the clothes that she had when she was rescued had DNA on them and they weren't, it wasn't her husband's DNA. They were clothes that she was given after her abduction. They weren't the clothes that she was abducted in. So there was this suspicion that there was possibly someone else in the mix, even though she said it was just the two women. I never saw or heard anyone but the two women. I never knew that there was anybody else in the room. If there was, I never saw them. I never encountered anybody else. So one of the other um, search warrants that they got was from a relationship with this male acquaintance that she had in Detroit. They, the Chester County went out there and talked to that guy She had been planning on meeting him just days before that she disappeared. He was going to be coming to California for business. Uh, The investigators, of course, later determined that he wasn't involved in her disappearance. But it just then makes you go, well, wait a minute. Why was she talking to this other guy from Detroit? Who's that guy? Yeah, who is he? Who is he? They don't really go into it because he has absolutely nothing to do with it, except that it lends to her lack of character, I guess. But it could be a coincidence. It could also be a coincidence. I mean...
1: If there's nothing that we didn't learn from this Denise Huskins mm-hmm. situation, which was the most unbelievable circumstances yeah, were the truth. Right. So like all of this Papini story to me, after knowing what happened to Denise Huskins and Aaron, mm-hmm. there is like kind of nothing that I wouldn't believe at this point. Right. Because the, the truth was unbelievable.
0: hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, it just kind of continues. They go through her personal life. They drudge up a bunch of odd things. nothing really sinister, of course, but there were two men in her phone contacts that she had listed under women's names. Oh, don't do that. That's shady. It's a little shady.
1: you're You're trying to hide that from your husband.
0: Well, one of the men came up to meet her in two thousand and eleven. They continued to exchange flirtatious text messages throughout the years. And then the second man told investigators that he'd met Sherry at a Friday Night Live youth program in 2000. So this is like 17 years previous. And that they had dated for a little bit. And he claimed that uh, Papini was attention hungry hungry, and fabricated stories of being a victim of abuse from her family, her father, and then him while they were dating, which is what led to their breakup. So
1: when they looked at all of these alleged people that she had been keeping in contact with, did they find anything that would lead them to believe that she was in a relationship with either one of them during the time of her kidnapping?
0: No, not a relationship, but just sort of putting it out there. Flirtatious texts, keeping Mm -hmm. in contact, on contact over social media. So she's not cool
1: with her husband. I mean, she's obviously looking for love in different places.
0: She's not keeping it real tight. She's like kind of just... Well, maybe that's why she needed the (laughs) childcare. You know what I mean? She's busy. Well,
1: it could... (laughs) I'm just saying. I mean, she's not working, but maybe she's working a different program. she's,
0: She's busy. She is busy. When Sherry was found on the side of the road, she was immediately taken to a hospital where she was looked over. She was helped in any way with any physical problems that she was having. They clearly she had been beaten as they said she had been branded she was released from the hospital that day
1: Mm. so she didn't have to spend the night there
0: she didn't spend hardly any time there
1: i had heard something and you can maybe confirm Mm. this that the bruising was it was significant bruising Mm -hmm. that looked like it had been bruised and then re-bruised like there wasn't just one set of bruising it was There was bruises on top of bruises. And you know how like your first set of bruises will then like be a yellowish color because they're like a week and a half old. You know, when you hit yourself on the side of the leg. Always. uh, Going by that table. Um, (laughs) And then, but then there
0: was layers of bruising. So it looked like she had had multiple beatings. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it it did look that way. And when she got to the hospital, they looked her over real well. She had been in captivity for what, 21 days. She was... Not dehydrated? Oh, but she was starved. There were no infections. Oh. Um, was she dirty? I mean, I, that part I don't know. I just know that she didn't spend a long time in the hospital because it wasn't needed. I don't know of anyone who's been kidnapped for, say, three weeks and doesn't need some help.
1: I would need to stay there in a dark room with a psychiatrist and a psychologist and mm-mm. my teddy bear. Not I
0: not this chick.
1: Yeah. No. Maybe she's as strong...
0: Well, it doesn't... Then, it doesn't speak too well to how bad her circumstances were because, you know, I mean, I hate to be the dark cloud here, but if you were beaten and maybe up for sex trafficking, whatever happened to her, there'd be a rape kit. Did she
1: claim... Did she claim that she was a victim of possible sex trafficking or is that just mm-hmm. alluded prior to her being abducted and then she, when she, she thought that's what was they were gonna, going to
0: happen, but she, she never said her, that's what did happen. She's getting ready. They, they were getting, getting, getting ready. her ready. They're getting her ready. That's what she alluded it seems to. Seems like
1: beating you and chopping off your signature blonde hair isn't a great way to get her ready for that.
0: No. And then branding you.
1: Yeah. Branding is- Absolutely not. But I don't know. Maybe that's part of sex trafficking. I don't know.
0: I don't think it is. I mean, don't- Anyway, I shouldn't-
1: (laughs) (laughs) We have no idea what we're talking about.
0: So while she was recovering in the hospital, Shaftes County Sheriff's deputies sent her clothing to the lab for DNA testing. Okay. Fast forward to September of 2019. a A DNA profile comes through of the unknown male that was discovered in her clothing. Okay it this is so interesting i i could do an entire podcast on this they figured out whose dna it was through familial dna or genetic genealogy it's Fascinating in that just recently, the most high profile case was the Golden State Killer. Right. That's how they found the Golden State Killer. So fascinating. He had 87 victims in total that went that spanned from 1975 to 1986, and they could not figure out who this guy was. Nope. They had DNA, but because it was so early, the mm-hmm. 70s and the 80s, whatever, they kind of didn't know what to do with it. Then when they ran the DNA eventually, they couldn't find a match because he hadn't been incarcerated right and they're like oh this guy's dead and this is just for our benefit to just say in case people don't know when you are arrested they immediately take your dna and they put it in a file that's right so now your dna is on file that way
1: all all people to find like all mm -hmm. other agencies to kind of grab onto it just in case there's a database that is specifically for that finally right like Finally, law enforcement is working together with this. Yes,
0: it's taken decades. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, a familial DNA search is a search by law enforcement in the DNA databases for genetic information indicating a relative or a person that they seek to identify. So they did the DNA search for this DNA that they had in Sherry Papini's clothes. They didn't find anything. So, okay, now we know that the guy... Didn't do time. He wasn't a felon. He wasn't in the state system. They took it to a federal level. Couldn't find it. So then they start doing familial DNA. And this is what happens when you go to 23andMe and you want to find out just how Italian you are. and You You might find out you have a different daddy (laughs) or...
1: You might find out you're not Italian at all. You might. You're from Kentucky. And you're as redneck
0: as can be. It could end in tears. Take your chances. (laughs) It usually does. I'm just saying, don't even put it out there. (laughs) But now your DNA is in the database. Police, law enforcement can go grab that and say... Oh, wait a minute. Anne is the fourth cousin of this DNA. Right. So now we're going to put together her family tree. This is what they did for the Golden State Killer. They right. found a, a relative way downstream. Right. The relative didn't even know. Of course no not. No one knows. No one wants to know that either, I don't by the way. No, no, no. So they find out just by process of elimination that this DNA was an old boyfriend of Sherry Papini's. The DNA that she had in her clothing was after going through the genetic genealogy the see what i failed to mention somewhere along the line is the fbi came in and got involved
1: well of course when there's a kidnapping and it's it's not even even if it's family Mm -hmm. familial like Mm -hmm. a a father Mm -hmm. or something fbi is usually brought in especially with the shasta county (laughs) i mean no what are you saying i'm not saying uh, listen vallejo you you get this situation I can't imagine Shasta County wanting to have that kind of scrutiny. If you're smart and you're in law enforcement, instead of like fighting over who's going to get the case, what's best for the case is usually more, more people, more brains, the right kind of people who have the right kinds of things that can find you. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, listen, if someone kids ask me like, this is just a, you know, I'm just putting it out there. Right. Get everybody on the case. That's, I agree. I mean, like, Bring them all in. Don't fight over me. Let's get this done. Bring them all in. I might end up dead. That's fine. But find out who killed me. (laughs) I will.
0: Thank you. I'm going to
1: do the same for you.
0: Thank you. That's my promise. Thank you. So FBI came in and they said, basically, we're going to need those clothes. That's where we're going to start because we know there's DNA on those clothes we need those clothes so they run that dna through she their did, system She
1: still had her clothes No no no
0: they this is in connection with the with the Shasta County Sheriff Okay so they took her clothes after she was home No they they processed her there at the hospital bagged everything up did the initial processing there it. at the hospital and noticed that, that there was dna they already had her husband's dna mm-hmm. and they said uh-oh they could tell it was male DNA, but they knew it wasn't his.
1: She could have been drugged and didn't remember.
0: Well, that was the other thing is the clothing came from whoever kidnapped her. Right. So who knows whose DNA it right. is? All could right. But if you find the person, you're probably going to find the kidnapper, yeah. right? So, okay. They run the DNA profile and they get a match and it leads detectives to an ex-boyfriend of Sherry Pepini's, right? As I said. That so, could be a coincidence. Totally. <laughs> and, uh, I'm just going to move on. <laughs> This is in August of 2020. so this is two years, this is a year and a half ago that the FBI goes knocking. So how long so so let's just let me go let me just catch up
1: here. Yep. She's kidnapped in what year, 2016? Mm-hmm. And all along, she goes about her business and she has been kidnapped. She's now a survivor of kidnapping. Mm-hmm. She's back with her family. Mm-hmm. Her and her husband are still together. Absolutely. they poor thing has been kidnapped. It's awful. And everyone has thought that poor Sherry Papini has been kidnapped. Right. But all along, behind the scenes, law enforcement is investigating mm-hmm. these DNA leads and all of other things because they suspect something's not right. They want to get to the
0: bottom of who kidnapped this woman. That was, that was the they're face. Not, they're they, not, trying
1: to, de- they're not trying to say she was
0: involved. They're just saying mm-hmm. we need to find out who did this Absolutely. to this woman. Absolutely. That's what we do as law enforcement. Yeah. Because of Denise Huskins. Right. Good. They approached it from how do we find out who these kidnappers are? We right. got to get to the bottom of this. Right. And when they continued, they, Shasta County Sheriff continued to go over to her house and interview her. She stuck with her story that uh-huh. it was two Hispanic women. Uh-huh. She got in the back of their SUV and she slept the entire way, so she had no idea where they took her. Did they drug her? Is that what they were? She was saying she didn't say that. Mm-hmm. She she said that they forced her into the car. put her in the back seat and she immediately fell asleep so she didn't know where she was going what was happening and she was asleep for a very long time until she woke up and that's when they brought her into this crummy house that they were in is Mm. how she explained it i would not
1: be asleep if someone kidnapped me in the back
0: i'd be trying to kick a window out but that's just me yeah me too i mean so she she continued with that story it changed slightly but not enough i don't know at what point The FBI got involved I feel like it was September of 2019 because that's when things sort of started ramping up a little bit I'm
1: surprised it would take that long
0: well I don't know that you I don't know what the deal is with the FBI in that well she was found first of all she was found and she didn't cross state lines Mm -hmm. and I think that's really when the FBI gets involved is when it goes interstate it's, it's, they're sort of a larger blanket, you know, mm. over the whole thing. So they get involved in 2019. Maybe they were more involved earlier than that. And, and you just don't know. I just don't know, which is a possibility. So they get involved. They take the case over. They go over to her house and the FBI starts talking to her. And they conduct all their interviews. They do it more than once. And they do tell her that you're speaking with a federal agent and you, um, you can't lie to a federal agent. Sure um there's problems and big consequences if you do that and she said oh well I would never this is my story this is the truth and she stuck to it so in August of 2020 they have now discovered the Mm ex-boyfriend so the FBI goes down there and uh, he happens to be in Costa Mesa, California. Really? Just not far from where we're doing this very podcast. Exactly. He About am- six or seven miles, <laughs> even that. <then>. So <laughs> who knew? So the ex-boyfriend agrees to a police interview. He immediately admits that he helped Sherry Papini run away from home. This is according to a police Wait, affidavit.
1: I'm, I'm okay. I'm not on board yet. Let me, <laughs> let me go back here. This took a turn real quick. He admits that during this time, he helped her leave. Yes. So, okay. So he he debunks the whole idea that there was two Hispanic women that put her in the back of a van. He's now saying that that never happened. Immediately. I am the one who helped her leave her home. Mm -hmm. I didn't pull her hair out and her earbuds with the the lock of hair wasn't from me. That was
0: staged. Mm -hmm. Oh, Mm -hmm. I didn't know this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he starts talking and he won't stop. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because he knows he's talking to federal agents and the consequences <laughs> are very big. They came in with their dark suits and yeah. he immediately went, I'm out of my league. Mm-hmm. So uh, the ex-boyfriend who had known Pepini since they were teenagers said that she contacted him, quote, out of the blue. And she told him that her husband Keith had been beating and raping her and that she needed to escape. Oh my gosh. And he... Said that he drove from his residence here in Southern California in Costa Mesa. To save her. To Redding. Yeah, he hopped in the car and went and got her.
1: Which is really nice of somebody that...
0: Well, if it was truly happening that yes. way, yeah. So he drives up there um, on November 2nd, picks her up. He met her while she was out for her morning jog. It was it was set up that way. I'm going to meet you over here at this place, Okay. On the corner of Old mm-hmm. Oregon Trail. He claimed that she crawled into the back of his Dodge Challenger and slept. Now that's a easily an eight hour drive. Probably more like 10. Hmm. From where she was in Reading to Costa Mesa. So Now at
1: the time did he know that she was uh, portraying this as a kidnapping? Or did he mm-hmm. think he was just, she was
0: just getting he thought, saved? He thought he was helping her. Ugh. He did. In the weeks that followed... The ex-boyfriend told investigators that she stayed at his apartment, she ate very little, she cut her own hair, and towards the end of the stay, she asked him if he would brand her with a crafting implement purchased at Hobby Lobby. Oh, We're throwing yeah. Hobby Lobby under the bus. You can
1: find everything you need at Hobby Lobby.
0: I don't care if it's part of a kidnapping or if you're just needing a glue gun to... If you just
1: need to decoupage something, <laughs> you can just find it all there.
0: It's there at Hobby Lobby for you. So he had some sort of implement that he went and got at Hobby Lobby. I'm afraid that it is... At it's something to burn with. I have a wood burning tool and it's a very small, yes. almost looks like a tattoo gun. Yeah. And I'm telling you that thing, it's hot. You don't want any part of it.
1: So here's my thing. Mm-hmm. He knew at some point that they were looking for her because you mm-hmm. he couldn't go on to the news without hearing this. That's right. So he all of a sudden knew, okay, they think she's kidnapped. Mm-hmm. What is she telling him? Is she telling him? I don't know. Is she telling him we have to let this happen because if he finds out, I mean, like, He's now, he's now able and he's aiding and abetting mm-hmm. this, this woman. Mm-hmm. He is in it.
0: The only thing I can say sort of in his defense, and I don't really mean to defend him because I don't understand what actually happened, is that I had been down here mm-hmm. just like him when it happened. And you don't hear I didn't much. hear it. Mm-mm. i don't hear about it so but
1: after she's kidnapped three or four weeks or three weeks weeks, two weeks Mm -hmm. whatever Mm -hmm. he didn't hear anything about it
0: i don't know that he didn't hear anything about it i'm sure he i don't know i just don't know what his deal was he went along with everything that she asked he is was, and I don't know if he still is, but he was an employee at the uh, Mighty Ducks ice skating rink. You know that place right yeah, off the 22? Yeah. He had hockey pucks around the house because he worked there at the ice skating rink. Okay. And one of her injuries was from a hockey puck. Oh. So she was like, throw this thing at me, you know. Yeah,
1: but okay, again, here we are. He went from saving this girl's Mm -hmm. life to now he's branding her. Right. He bruised her up or did Mm -hmm. she hit herself? Do you think she made those bruises on herself? He
0: claimed, he said to FBI that he would not hit her. But she did do the injuries herself and he he did the hockey puck trick where he she i think it was on her leg and he you know hit it like a you know like a hockey player slap shot and um there were some bruises that were consistent with looking like a hockey puck yeah Mm -hmm. so he did do that so eventually the ex-boyfriend says that he drove papini back towards redding she claimed that she missed her kids and that she needed to go back and see them so he dropped her off where she instructed him to which was just kind of in the parking lot of this of the church it was just off the i-5 and um cell phone records from both papini and the ex-boyfriend corroborate his retelling of the events um also the pair used um prepaid phones throughout the entire thing to communicate she had one Mm -hmm. while she was still in reading and she asked him to go get one too and they set up this whole thing because
1: he's he's thinking that he's saving this girl Mm -hmm. from you know a terrible situation at right home mm-hmm. and then it went terribly bad somewhere and mm-hmm. i'm sure we'll find out all the details at some point because yeah. they got to make a movie out of this this oh, is for them someone's got to write a book
0: about it's this. already been on there was a two-hour Dateline on it there there's not a lot more information than what i'm giving you but it was just fascinating to see all of the people who came out and supported her poor husband while she had been quote-unquote kidnapped he was beside himself and people in that community rallied around him. Right. The balloons, the prayer vigils, the safe pair sherry, the come you know fine sherry, the all of that stuff. The community really supported him. And it's really sad when you see then. Oh, she just perpetrated the hugest crime. I, 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 are
1: they still supporting him now? They're
0: supporting him. So what's happened to her? Well, let me let me finish this. The okay. the FBI after they talked to the ex boyfriend here in Costa Mesa, mm-hmm. the FBI. That was I in 2020. It, that was in 2020. They go back up to Papini's house and they questioned her again. And I think that's when they said, you cannot lie. Um, she was repeatedly told that lying to a federal agent is a crime. And according to FBI reports, she repeated her earlier story of being abducted by two Hispanic women and denied meeting up with her ex.
1: Now you're the husband. Let's just, let's just put ourselves in that place. Yep. Let's be a fly on the wall here. Yep. You are the husband and mm-hmm. the FBI is coming back to your wife. Mm-hmm. And they are now telling. He, he, they had to have told him. They had to have said, "Listen, your wife was with her ex-boyfriend. That's right for two weeks. Yep. This is a staged event. If you know anything about this, you need to tell us." And he didn't. He didn't. <laughs> but he's hearing this. Can you imagine this poor
0: man? Listen, I'm suspicious of anyone, even Ugh. even when they're not lying. Right. I'm like, I'm pretty sure he's lying to me, even though he's never done anything to, to for that. I should I should be suspicious of this guy is in it as my brother says in for a penny in for a pound he would not look away he was like no 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 no, this is it she told me the truth I, I don't want, know what you guys are talking I about I don't know
1: what she what kind of what what is going on here
0: what does she have that the rest of us need because right.
1: <laughs> like something there's a some magic potion going yeah. on there with mm-hmm. something because I don't know many men who, number one, my husband's not going to stick with me after somebody tells him that I have now run off with my ex-boyfriend. This isn't the first time she's lied to her husband. No. I mean, he's probably caught her on Facebook or doing something. Mm-hmm. First of all, she's not working and he's got a babysitter. The kids are in child care. Mm-hmm. She's up to something. She's also been a liar her whole life, which he has to know about because right. people tell her mm-hmm. Reading's not a very big place. And this mm-hmm. guy, what is going on with him? mentally and emotionally but what does she have that we need
0: i don't know i don't but want it don't i'm just gonna it.
1: say i don't whatever the kind of spell she's being able to put men under she's using it for bad
0: she's using it for bad i'd like to access it and yeah. just maybe dip a toe just dip a toe and use <laughs> it for good like just use it for good. a good purse or
1: like you know some sort of nice shoes or
0: something something i don't understand i don't know the the thing that actually got them to the ex-boyfriend on top of the familial DNA. They staked out his house because they thought it was him. They rummaged through his garbage. This is when you don't want to be an FBI agent. They rummaged through his garbage and found a bottle of Honesty honey green tea from the trash. And they took it into the lab and got his DNA. DNA. So let's fast forward. Six years later, March 3rd of 2022. So it was like a year and a half after they collected that Honesty green tea. a few months ago. Yeah, not long ago uh pepini was arrested and charged with making false statements to federal agents as well as mail fraud okay she immediately lawyered up she was taken into custody at her children's piano practice she'd taken her kids to their music lessons in town fbi were waiting super mom she's super mom um fbi were waiting they went in to the it was it's one of those music places that's like in a strip mall yeah, yeah And she was in there. They made a big deal about arresting her. The family was furious. I don't know what I think about that. It's like, you can uh, I don't know. Her kids were there.
1: That's not good. It's, uh, but then again, they got to know the truth at this point.
0: Yeah, they're probably kind of over it. She was taken into custody. She was released on $120,000 bail. There's video of this. I encourage you to go watch it on YouTube. It's quite something. Her release? Yeah. Is that the one I saw her running with the yeah. thing pulled over her head? She's got a jacket over and yeah. she's screaming from under the jacket? Yeah. Yeah. It's really quite something. She is just a drama queen. She's, it's really something. Um, during a virtual court hearing, she was told to surrender her passport and she was ordered to participate immediately in a psychiatric program. They must have been waiting to make sure they had all their ducks in a row Yeah. so that
1: this was a closed case like, okay, no matter what she says or does, we're going to be able to nail her on this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because a year and a half, I mean, six years later, Mm -hmm. that's a long time. It's a long time. No, it's a very long time. I, you are correct. They crossed their T's. They dotted their I's. They wanted to make sure they had a rock-solid case. It had already been mm-hmm. however many years. Yeah. What's a few more? Right. Let's make sure we've got the whole thing in order. And they they questioned that ex-boyfriend so hard. And they went into his apartment. They took pictures. There was proof that what she was describing, much like the, I crawled into the backseat of the kidnapper's car mm-hmm. and fell asleep, She there was some truth with some of the things yeah. that she was telling when they went into his apartment, the room that she described she was being held in was exactly the same as the room, she as being, his, room his room, as the apartment that he was in. Okay. So she was arrested and charged with 34 counts of mail fraud, one count of lying to the FBI. She agreed to a plea deal with federal prosecutors. Um, her attorney, of course, is going to argue for minimum prison sentencing, of course, because originally the sentencing is 25 years. That's <sighs> what it could be, right? Right. Uh, prosecutors are expected to recommend uh, to the judge a sentence of eight months. I'm going to say this. I believe she deserves a lot
1: more. But mm-hmm. in California, Mm-mm. you can do anything here and they don't care. They don't the, hold you for anything. They
0: don't. And this is probably, I mean, it's this is taxpayers' money. But let me just go down a few of the, the, the things that she's uh, pleading to. The mail fraud charge stems from her use of the more than $30,000 that she received from the California Victim Compensation Board. <gasps> She th- she got 30 grand from them. Oh my gosh. So she got money. Oh, she got, she. that's just the beginning. Oh my gosh. She spent that money on therapy sessions. There's ambulance services, as well as $1,000 to buy window blinds for her home. Because people were like lucky loos Yeah, it was bad. It was bad over there in Reading. Judge says that she may be ordered to pay restitution, including $127,000 into from the Social Security benefits that she falsely claimed. I think she should have to. 100%. 148000 to the Shasta County Sheriff's Department Totally For all of their stuff And then $2,500 to the FBI Which I don't 2500 That's it That's
1: for the dumpster diving
0: may, pff, <laughs> That poor man had to replace his suit um, <laughs> I mean she, like Yeah It's unbelievable it, it, it adds up She will be sentenced on July 11th As I said She could face up to 20, 25 years in prison But there's no way There's no, no way. way she's going to get if that If she
1: gets a couple years I'll be happy
0: and that's not she even won't enough. And get a couple. I don't. I'm gonna predict now. I would be surprised if she got any. She's probably gonna have to do that ankle bracelet walk. Yeah. Which is fine. Don't <laughs> care. She's not gonna leave the house anyway. Let's talk a little bit about Keith Papini before we go.
1: Is he still with her?
0: Mm-hmm. On April 20th, he filed for divorce. Thank
1: you, Keith. You finally paid attention to what is going on.
0: Online court records in Shasta County indicate that. Uh, Keith Papini is the petitioner and that Sherry is the respondent in the case which is classified as disillusion with minor children. In the filing he asks for sole custody of he those two kids. He should get sole custody. Okay. She
1: cannot be trusted with children. The
0: filing her. came two days after she entered that guilty plea. Um, the filing also states that she has not been acting in a rational manner. <laughs> this is on the court papers. For, in a statement, Keith said quote I wish to make it clear that my goal is to provide a loving, safe, stable environment for our children. I believe the requested orders are consistent with the goal and the best interests of our children. I do not want anything in the pleadings connected to this matter that would inflame the situation or attract more media attention. So
1: this guy just needs to survive and get out of that town. He needs to leave the town. He needs to take his kids with him and he needs to start over.
0: I, I don't know that he's gonna well I don't know I don't know what Keith is gonna do he said after filing to the press that he quote finally learned the truth when she made her plea agreement so right up until the plea he was not paying attention I'm sorry he didn't want to see it
1: he is not paying attention I mean Mm -mm. listen if if the FBI has already talked to him law enforcement have, have told him what they have found
0: the minute FBI shows up at your door come on we both i
1: said and and Anne was a little frustrated with the denise huskins story <laughs> because she's a little cynical yeah well and for good reason but she immediately said oh this sherry Pepini is guilty as hell mm-hmm. and i was like well you don't know that she was adamant i knew from day one mm-hmm. because she knew the background of this woman she knew Reading because she grew up there <laughs> and she just had that sense and
0: you'd never wavered from the sherry papini situation here's what i know when you get a white woman woman telling a story (laughs) about um two hispanic women as she called them kidnapping you immediately called the police because she's lying she's lying i'm sorry
1: i mean denise said that she was kidnapped with swim goggles, with duct tape I, over swim goggles, I, with frogmen that got her out.
0: They found all of that evidence in the kidnapper's home. My it, ha- I mean, my hat's off to you for sticking with that story because I would have been like, "Well, th- I okay, was." I
1: I, I got out. to hear the story after the fact. Mm-hmm. I got to hear it in the version of telling the story and and listening to their version. I just know that when I was listening to her, Denise Huskins my hat went off to her because she held herself together with dignity and grace. Yeah. And I'm sorry. She was mentally messed up for mm-hmm. years and years and probably still is, yep. and probably is never going to be the same. And yet she pulled it off and she is getting her life together and got her life together. Yeah.
0: That's the exact polar opposite of my story. Exactly. Which <laughs> let me just wrap it up. I've just got one more thing to tell you. Mm-hmm. Keith, uh, the, the, Uh, now soon to be ex-husband said that Sherry has been living with a relative since early in April. Mm -hmm. Um, He requested sole custody of their children saying that I must act decisively to protect my children from the trauma caused by their mother and to bring stability and calm to their lives. Until her arrest last month, Sherry continued to tell our children ages nine and seven that the investigation was a misunderstanding with the authorities.
1: Oh, they just didn't believe her.
0: They weren't believing her. That's what she was telling her husband Mm -hmm. and those two Mm -hmm. kids. And Keith said this, finally, the fact that their mother lied to them on such a major issue is something they and I are going to have a hard time dealing with. I do not believe she is in a position to provide good parenting and it would be inconceivable to thrust our children into a more chaotic situation.
1: Luckily, Keith has come to his senses. Thank you, Keith. And is doing the right thing. Yeah. I think this would have been different if Keith would have uh, balked at any of this early on. If he would have worked with with law enforcement or if he would have said, I don't believe you. On any level. I have a feeling just knowing about her personality from the past, the present, Mm -hmm. and even her leaving the courthouse. She makes everybody's life a living hell. Oh, she's,
0: she's that person.
1: Yeah, she's that girl. Yeah. I'm so sorry for him.
0: I'm sorry for him and those kids. That is a rough ride.
1: Well, we've taken you down a rabbit hole of a lot. This is a ride that you and I have gone on for the last few years. I'm so and happy that we were. The last few months.
0: I'm so happy we were able to share it, though, because I finally got it off my chest. I feel better. <laughs> I had to talk about it. I know.
1: I, and I think if anyone's into true crime, both these stories are fascinating. Both of them you can look up on YouTube and and past 2020s and you can do a deep dive. Victim F will have all that information on our website, um, on our on our um, posts that we do as well. I think that the moral of this story is some people tell the truth and some people are liars. <laughs> is that your tag? Is that your that tag? Might be for it? The day? And get
0: a lawyer. No. Always get a lawyer. Always always get a lawyer. <laughs> Whether you're guilty or not. Just that's the first thing you I'm do. I'm telling
1: you, get a lawyer. Because no, because if sure. I'm not guilty, I still need a lawyer. Apparently, Denise Huskins. I know. I, I, I'm bad. That's bad.
0: I know. In the meantime,
1: we're two average girls. I'm
0: Ann Police, and I'm Denise Cooper. See you next time.